What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, and welcome to Washington Post Live. My name is Missy Ryan, national security reporter with the Washington Post. We continue to hear from actors in the region around Ukraine. Today, our guest is Svetlana Zikhanovskaya, leader of the Democratic Opposition of Belarus. Svetlana, welcome to Washington Post Live. Hello, everyone. Thank you for invitation. Well, let's get right to it. We have a lot to cover today. You were present, Svetlana, at the speech that President Biden gave in Warsaw over the weekend, where he laid out a call for a prolonged struggle against the forces of autocracy globally and called for a hard line against President Vladimir Putin of Russia. Tell us what this moment means for you and for the people of Belarus. So first of all, I have to say that Belarusian people are against this war in Ukraine because Ukrainians are our brothers and sisters and we have never had, uh, never in our history uh, opposed uh, Ukraine. And what's going now in this wonderful country is uh, horror. And uh, Lukashenko's regime dragged our country uh, to this war and made um, our country enemy to Ukraine. And uh, of course, it's awful. And I'm sure that uh, Ukraine will prevail uh, with the help of democratic world. And I also agree with uh, President Biden that it's not uh, the war between Ukraine and Russia. It's the war between uh, free world and dictatorship. And I really uh, don't want our country to lose this connection with uh, Ukraine as a free country. And we uh, already see our people as a part of uh, Europe. And uh, for sure, uh, this war um, decreased support of, uh, I don't know, Kremlin, of uh, Russia in the eyes of Belarusian people. It's awful what's going on. Nobody in Belarus believed this, that it could happen because we all thought uh, rationally, and uh, nobody needs this war except Russian world. Well, thank you. I want to definitely ask you a little bit more about the view of the, the people in Belarus. But first, I know that you spoke with President Biden after his speech. There was a call um, from Air Force One as he was returning to the United States. What was the message from President Biden during that call? And what did you ask for, if anything? And, and I also would like to ask you about the declaration that Biden made in his speech that President Putin cannot remain in power. What do you think of that remark? Yeah, right. Uh, after uh, uh, the speech of uh, President Biden, he called me from his airplane and we briefly talked. I asked him to keep Belarus in focus because Belarus and Ukraine fates are interconnected now. And I said that we as uh, Belarusians support Ukraine 
uh, we spoke in Washington months ago and uh, I feel his uh, personal engagement in our story and uh, he understands our situation uh, quite well. Uh, as about this de declaration, I already see some uh, explanations in media that uh, uh, it was personal opinion of uh, Mr. President and he uh, thinks that, uh, you know, Russian people has to uh, choose the uh, the president. It's, it's not about uh, Putin's uh, power, but it was clear message that uh, democratic world will not leave uh, Ukraine one-to-one uh, -one with, uh, with, this, with this war. They will not abandon them. Are you concerned that that the Kremlin could escalate the situation because of a perception that the United States, despite the clarification that the White House made, that the United States is trying to oust President Putin? Mm, would you paraphrase the question for me to understand? Yes. Are, are you concerned that Biden's remark could lead the Russian government to escalate the situation? Russian government can escalate uh, the situation using uh, any statement or even without any statement. We uh, have to understand that we are dealing with uh, irrational uh, people uh, who, um, you know, do, who think about uh, uh, only this Russian world, about um, widening of sphere of influence and uh, any provocation uh, could cause, uh, I don't know, biological uh, weapon use or whatever. Okay, well, before we get into some questions about what's going on militarily in Belarus and in Ukraine, I'd like to ask you a big picture question. You mentioned the fates of the Ukrainian people and the Belarusian people. Can you tell, can you explain for our viewers why the fates of the Belarusian and Ukrainian people are intertwined? Uh, without, uh, if, just I don't want him even to think about this, but in case uh, Ukraine fails in this war, uh, there will be no opportunity for Belarusians to get rid of Lukashenko. Of course, there will be a partisan fight. We will continue, you know, to fight undergroundly uh, in Belarus. But uh, Lukashenko will feel will feel much stronger uh, when if uh, Russia prevails, and we understand that it will be a region of uh, instability, region of constant threat to uh, European countries. But when uh, Ukraine wins, it will be a huge opportunity for Belarusians for the second, for the next wave of uprising and uh, um, having this extreme weakness of uh, uh, Lukashenko at that very moment. Um, we, we could uh, attract more and more people in, in our movement, brave people, and it will be much easier for uh, us to um, uh, get rid of Lukashenko's regime because nomenclatura, people from military, they will understand that uh, Lukashenko is so weak that it's the very moment when we uh, can do what we planned, uh, what we wanted in 2020. We can bring our country at last to new elections and release political prisoners.
And just to remind our readers, that's Alexander Lukashenko, the longtime leader of Belarus. And, and uh, Svetlana, I definitely want to get to a little bit more about your personal and political history. But first, let's talk about the Russian troops that are positioned now in Belarus. What do you know about how many are currently there? And do you believe that this could become a permanent presence of Russian military forces in Belarus? Uh I can't say anything about the quantity of this uh, uh, of Russian forces on our territory because they are rotating all the time um, and uh, everything is in, in a deep secret. Uh, but I think that uh, at the moment our country is uh, uh, de facto under military uh, occupation of, of Russian Federation. Um, because Lukashenko, uh, for sure, Lukashenko doesn't control Russian troops. He can't provide uh, our country with uh, with uh, sovereignty. Because if it's necessary for President of Russia, he uh, could easily make Lukashenko to um, send Belarusian troops to Ukrainian territory. Uh, so it's uh, for ordinary Belarusians, we see how uh, Russian military officers are working in our uh, cities. And uh, when uh, Ukrainian people are asking us, why don't you protest against this? You know, we explain that it's like uh, living in Gulag. People disagree with this war. People disagree with the presence of uh, uh, Russian military troops on our land, but the cost of the protest is uh, too high because KGB raids apartment and arrest people uh, who criticize in the war. Even the post and Instagram can cost you years in prison. Uh, in Babruiska city of in Eastern Belarus, the school teacher was detained for a blue yellow ribbon in her head just during the lesson. Uh, so it's um, it's difficult to protest, but we uh, see the presence of uh, uh, military troops on our territory, and of course we demand these troops to leave our country. And I'm sure that after uh, Ukrainians will win, uh, they fight, they will help us to um, get rid of these uh, Russian troops from our territory. I'd like to talk about these reports that Belarus itself could send Belarusian troops into Ukraine in support of Russia. I see that uh, you called on those troops not to be involved in the conflict in Ukraine, saying that our Belarusian soldiers understand that Ukrainians are our brothers and sisters, and we don't want to fight against them. Do you think that message is heard? And do you have any insight into whether or not this is actually going to happen? Of course, it's clear that Belarus is already involved in this war uh, from the very first day when uh, Lukashenko allowed Russian troops to use our territory to bomb Ukraine. So the fact that Belarus is already involved and uh, Belarusian regime is a co-aggressor. However, uh, there is a huge uh, opposition to war among ordinary Belarusians, among supporters of changes and even the military. As we know, uh, the Belarus army refuses to go to Ukraine despite pressure and threats. 
Um, two weeks ago, the Belarus army was supposed to join uh, Russian troops, but something went wrong. And uh, since the very first day of, of the war, we uh, worked with officers, with moms of soldiers, explaining why Belarus should, shouldn't get involved in this war. We uh, uh, also explained what to do in case uh, soldiers will be forced to cross the border, how to surrender to Ukrainian military. Uh, I really don't know if it happens. Uh, but, uh, you know, Belarusians uh, doing all possible to prevent it. So I... And, uh, uh, I mm -hmm. if, if the, excuse me, if the troops do enter Ukraine, how do you think that will impact the domestic situation in Belarus? You described a very repressive or prohibitive situation for protest. What do you think will occur inside of Belarus among the civilians, among the military? if Lukashenko does take this order to send the forces into Ukraine? You know, honestly speaking, uh, ordinary Belarusians might not even uh, notice that uh, Belarusian troops entered, uh, will uh, enter Ukraine. Uh, it's our task to, at that very moment, to show uh, people the truth, that our country uh, uh, became a real participant of this war and um, you know who knows maybe it will be a spark of uh, new uprising in our country because of this especially maybe after uh, um, our soldiers we understand that our soldiers could die in this war and maybe this also be uh, a signal for uh, mothers for civilians to start the uh, protest activity Mm, of course, it depends on quantity of soldiers, how they how they will behave on the territory of Ukraine. If they surrender uh, immediately, it will be uh, one development of the situation. If they will uh, start to fight, really fight, so it will be uh, the other consequences. But we uh, understand that uh, after Belarusian troops will enter um, Ukraine, uh, new sanctions could follow this step and our it's very important also to um, explain people that it's because of Lukashenko sanctions are imposed and even previous sanctions that were imposed on the uh, Belarusian regime because of repressions in our country also because of Lukashenko not, not because of uh, West or Ukraine but because of Lukashenko's uh, actions so uh, you know that uh, a lot of Belarusian people came to Ukraine, a lot of Russian men came to Ukraine to defend uh, Ukraine on the side of uh, Ukrainian army. And uh, uh, they understand that uh, one day they will be ready to defend Belarus as well. There will be such moment, maybe. Uh, there are a lot of scenarios uh, in, in this situation. Mm, so, you know, it, it's difficult to predict something. And how many, do you have an estimate of how many Belarusian exiles or, or volunteers, I guess we could call them, are fighting in Ukraine on the side of Ukrainian forces? And what are they reporting as they take part in the conflict? Uh, there are different groups of Belarusians, but uh, total quantity may be about five, uh, 700 people. Uh, some of them, um, are in Kiev and in, in uh, uh, regions where difficult fights are going on. A lot of people um, are training at the moment. 
uh, in Ukraine because uh, you know our people are without uh, without any uh, war experience and they uh, just it's they wish you know to fight on the side of uh, Ukrainian people and they have to train. So more and more volunteers want to join army. But I have to say that ordinary Belarusians who once uh, fled Belarus because of repressions stay in Ukraine and help in uh, other different ways, like uh, with medics, they widespread food, clothes, uh, they help uh, uh, Ukrainian people in, in difficult situations. So uh, everybody um, helps differently. And those, those people who fled for Poland, for example, they are helping to Ukrainian refugees in Poland. Uh, our funds, uh, like uh, medic funds or sport funds, collecting uh, fundraising for to help Ukrainians as well. So we are doing uh, everything possible to help Ukrainians in this difficult moment. Our media um, are working for uh, you know for Ukraine as well at the moment. We we built a lot of organizations and initi initiatives uh, during last year and a half for our fight, and now they. All of them reoriented the activity to help Ukraine because uh, we are sure that when time uh, comes, uh, Ukrainians will help us. Lana, you said earlier that ordinary Belarusians might not know if Lukashenko decides to send military forces into Ukraine. Can you talk a little bit about how easy or difficult it is for ordinary Belarusians to get information? about the conflict in Ukraine and about Belarus's role? Is the media censored um, about the conflict in the way that it is in Russia? So first of all, um, after Belarusian uprising in 2020, uh, all the, almost all the alternative media in Belarus have been destroyed. Uh, but our uh, media uh, relocated and uh, started to walk again from exile and we use uh, uh, like normal media like newspapers uh, or uh, YouTube uh, YouTube broadcasting but also different so, uh, social networks like um, telegram channels Instagram uh, and all this stuff you know to uh, reach as much people as possible in Belarus what a the Belarusian regime did with our media. They declared all alternative media as extremists. And if people in Belarus are reading or watching so-called extremist uh, media, they uh, can be put in jail. But despite of this, people uh, for this year and a half, people found ways how to watch uh, free media without consequences. They use VPN, they delete in history uh, of, of watching. and. Um, uh, they know how to get information. I have to say that in comparison with uh, Russian Federation, our people know much more how to get um, uh, information in our country. Even for those um, people who live maybe in villages who don't have access to internet and watch only propaganda TV, we are using uh, old methods like uh, self-made newspapers or leaflets about uh, real situation in Ukraine, just to 
for every Belarusian uh, could reach uh, a real situation. But of course, propaganda works very hard in Belarus, have to say they re uh, retranslate uh, Russian narrative that Ukrainians are bombing themselves. And uh, some people really believe in this. And our task to uh, open the eyes for all Belarusians. And uh, I think that we are doing rather well, but we have on constant ground to fight with the state propaganda. I'd like to ask you about the recent constitutional referendum in Belarus on the country's nuclear status. Can you just explain for our viewers what that did and what do you believe the implications are for Eastern Europe and for Belarus? So as uh, um, Lukashenko lost election in 2020, this referendum or this constitution cannot be considered as illegitimate and people don't accept this. But we uh, see uh, the path how Lukashenko see development of uh, situation in Belarus. From this so-called new constitution paragraph about uh, neutral and non-nuclear status of our country was deleted. So it means while uh, Lukashenko um, is continuing to be a collaborant of um, Russian Federation at the moment, uh, he can, I mean, Lukashenko can uh, deploy nuclear uh, weapon on our territory. And of course, it, it means a threat not only to Ukraine, but also to the whole region, to whole Europe. And uh, uh, it should be stopped because uh, nuclear weapon in hands of uh, dictators it's uh, you know something awful and uh, dictators are unpredictable and who knows what will be the consequences of uh, of these decisions uh, of course we understand that um, dictators uh, uh, like threats a lot to destabilize uh, uh, the situation you know to to demoralize uh, people but uh, as i said uh, not many people in belarus and in europe believed that the war could start but it started so um, usage of uh, nuclear weapon also can be reality one day but look I, I i still believe in in rationality of dictators anyway because it will be consequences not only for Europe, but for Russia as well. It's a really frightening prospect. Uh, Svetlana, I'd like to ask you about the uh, new sanctions that the EU and the United States have announced on Belarusian banks, businesses and officials. Do you believe they go far enough? And uh, how are these, they affecting the lives of everyday Belarusians? Um. So as Lukashenko shares full responsibility for this invasion in Ukraine, we are lobbying for uh, tougher sanctions against Lukashenko's regime. Uh, we are sure we have been explaining uh, this since the beginning of our revolution, that only economic um, pressure will uh, could make uh, dictators change the decisions, but of course now the situation went too far and uh, we think that uh, all the sanctions imposed on uh, Russian Federation should be duplicated on uh, Belarusian regime as well, because Belarus can be used as a huge loophole for uh, Russia and we already know cases uh, when um, our Belarusian enterprises that are not sanctioned uh, were used by Russian Federation to trade with uh, steel for 
for example. Of course, uh, sanctions influence um, level of life of Belarusian people. Uh, Belarusian people already see the lack of uh, uh, euros and dollars in uh, our banks and uh, sugar and salt uh, start to disappear from the shelves of our uh, shops. But I have to say that Belarusians want changes in our country so much that I get every day uh, hundreds of messages that we are ready to suffer a little bit because of lack of sugar or you know some, some products, but we uh, want freedom in our country so much that we are ready for uh, for for this. Just a, a couple of final questions. I hope to squeeze in before we have to go. Um, uh, Svetlana, can you tell us how is your husband and and how often are you able to contact him, if at all? My husband is already almost two years in jail and more than one year he's in solitary cell. It's like a kind of punishment for uh, people. Um, you know, he, we have to understand that political prisoners are treated uh, much worse uh, in Belarusian jails as ordinary criminals. Uh, a lot of people are de deprived of uh, normal food, of uh, normal conditions for live. They're deprived of hygienic uh, applies, of pillows, of blankets. You know, they are physically and morally every day. Um, they are beaten. They are they are being tortured behind the bars, and. Uh, it's almost impossible to communicate with political prisoners. Uh, the only way is uh, through lawyer that visits uh, my husband, for example, once a week, and uh, we can send small uh, messages to each other. And that's it. You can't communicate uh, through mobile or via different uh, messengers. No, they are alone. They are deprived of, in of information. Uh, they know about the war in Ukraine, but they don't know peculiarities because lawyers are for, uh, forbidden to tell a lot about the situation. And of course, uh, people in prison um, uh, believe in us, believe in uh, democratic countries that uh, very soon we will be able to release uh, all of them. And at the moment, it's up to 2,000 people, uh, political prisoners behind the bars. And of course, they're suffering a lot. They sacrificed with the um, freedom to give us opportunity to continue. And we can't betray them. We can't abandon them. And uh, all our steps are, first of all, to release our people, uh, to give them um, opportunity to meet their children as uh, soon as possible. Just very, very quickly, a final question. Where do you see yourself in the political future of Belarus, especially given the changing conditions um, with Ukraine and NATO and Eastern Europe? Look, uh, before we um, didn't uh, talk a lot about uh, a geopolitical choice uh, of Belarus because our fight was against uh, dictator in our country. Uh, our people wanted to, uh, I have to say that about 60% of Belarusians wanted closer relationship with the uh, Russian Federation and the same 60% wanted closer relationship with Europe. Uh, our people uh, 
have never had a chance to choose anything. Nobody never asked our people where you want to go. But now the situation with war uh, changed a lot in minds of the Russian people. And our young men who uh, try to avoid possible mobilization, they don't flee to Russia. They flee to Europe because now Russia is war and uh, Europe is safety. And maybe, of course, it will influence future choice of Belarusians, but we have to ask them, first of all. No one person has right to choose a future of Belarus instead of Belarusians. And, uh, but I see my country as a free democratic uh, European country. I, um, uh, I'm sure that uh, Belarusians will uh, will be ready to make their choice when uh, it will be time. Unfortunately, we are out of time and we're going to have to leave it there. Svetlana Zikhanovskaya, leader of the Democratic Opposition of Belarus, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Stand with Belarus. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.